Redesign Travel is an interview series and podcast where we chat to experts, entrepreneurs, designers, researchers, and travelers of the world to explore how we can reimagine, reinvent, redesign, and regenerate travel. I'm your host, Elena Rodriguez Blanco. Welcome to today's journey. Today's episode, we have Munira Latrash. She's an expert in mindfulness-based self-leadership and has over 20 years of experience at brands like Google, Red Bull, and BMW. She was part of building Google's mindfulness community, which led her to train teams around the world. Currently, she's the co-founder of Connected Business and the Search Inside Yourself teacher. Her mission is to train leaders of the new paradigm to serve the next seven generations. In the past decade, she trained tens of thousands of people and organizations. Her book, Connected Business, was published by Random House in 2020. Monira, it's an honor to have you here today. Thank you for, for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Great. So if you want, we can start with, um, you know, where are you and what are some aha moments that perhaps you've had the last two months as uh, revelations about what's, um, what's come to you and to the world? Well, wow, that's a big question. <laughs> well, you know, what I'm seeing right now is that a lot of people are struggling right now, that we are struggling individually to how to make sense to all those things that are happening in the world, but that we also struggle as companies um, in how to evolve now or what's happening next. How do we get back into, you know, a routine and is it back to normal or is there another way? And then also, obviously, generally as a society, this is what we're doing right now, right? We're struggling with so many things. We're seeing um, the divide in so many ways in different opinions and different ways of approaching things, different ways of also dealing with the crisis that is still COVID, you know, it's not as present anymore, but it's still very much. So it's like a crazy world we live in right now. And for me personally, that uh, the, the journey is and was, okay, how, no matter how the other circumstances is, how can I still be in alignment, um, stay in my own internal peace, but also work through my own stuff that comes up through this, right? So this is the personal part, but also how can I support others to do the same? Yeah, amazing. And, um, and I think that self journey perhaps is one that we share least about, but it's become more present and more uh, in the light, uh, especially with this connection as well of, you know, suddenly um, you were connecting via Zoom and you were into people's like living room, you know, so all this separation that was there about us as people and as working in a company and things like that has come closer. So we were part of people's journey. And I think the next step is for sure, perhaps to start uh, sharing that inner journey as well, or to bring it more to the forefront of, of, of ourselves, first of all, to be conscious of it, of ourselves, and then to like have it, um, yeah, be part of, of everything we do. And I know that um, with your company, Connected Business, and as a trainer of Search Inside Yourself, you have been uh, really at the forefront of, of that conversation within companies. 
um, in not only um, walking this uh, personal journey, but also in changing what leadership means. So can you tell us a little bit about um, the search inside yourself method that I know that in these um, communities that you started within uh, Google, and then um, also how that's translated to what you're doing now and what you're doing with Connected Business? Sure. Well, if I, if I start with how this whole thing even came into birth was, um, well, 20 years ago, I started my corporate career and I started working in different companies and I could tell um, something was going on that I wasn't really connecting to, which was I found myself in a way in a world that was very competitive, that was based on power, power over, who gets the power, who's, you know, who is successful to gain more power versus others. Mm-hmm. And, um, but also overwork and um, not talking about that, just keep going, you know, achieving things. And, you know, I was very good actually at that and also very good in achieving things. But <laughs> over time, when you do it enough time, you're like, this is also so meaningless. What am I actually doing this for? And I, I just noticed that I don't want to be part of this environment. It was very much like me pointing my fingers on everything around me saying, this is all shit. It needs to change. This person does this. This person does this, right? But at one point of the realization, I came to the point when I looked myself into the mirror and I was like, wow, to be honest, I don't even like myself. Everything that I'm blaming the the environment to be or the people around me is I'm doing the same thing. So when I looked into that mirror, I noticed, wow, I actually, to be honest, I'm an asshole myself. (laughs) Not any other different. And... And then I was like, but what do I do with it? You know, how could I lose my own way so much? How, how did I disconnect so much from the person I, I wanted to be? What led me there? Mm-hmm. And this was this, this certain rule set that I had in my head, how it's going to be done, how we have to behave, um, what makes you a good leader and what doesn't. And, and this was just the unspoken rule that we all live by within the corporate environment. But I knew I can't keep doing this anymore. And when I went into, but how do I want to do it? The the question became bigger. Is this even possible? Like, can I work myself and personally alongside my own values, Mm -hmm. the way I want to approach people, how I want the, the way, how I want to create trust instead of control and not being part of this competition, but working with other people, empowering them while empowering myself going out of this competitive thinking even and the controlling system and can i do that and still stay in this business and be successful that was my question mm-hmm. so i've tested it for years and years so many many years i've tested it and i noticed yes it's possible it's harder it's for sure not everyone will understand but it's also so much more fulfilling it's so much more who i want to be Mm-hmm. And so much more what I want to create with my actions. So when I became a leader, a team leader, I was also noticing, well, I'm influencing other people through my leadership, right? And what do I want to not only do for myself, but what do I want to give up to other, others people's lives, other people's um, uh, lifetime, if you want to say so. And I know I also want to be a leader that contributes something to their lives, even if it doesn't mean it's like only for achieving a goal but you know just making 
an impact on their life that empowers them, not an impact on their life that makes them feel less good about themselves or more stressed or more controlled or any of that. It just didn't fit to what I wanted to create. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I started to question the leadership, uh, let's say position and how, what do, does a good leader do? Is a good leader, you know, controlling everything and saying how it's, it's, it's going to be done. And I, you know, it was funny because I am actually a control freak. I love controlling things. <laughs> and I, I always think I know it's better and I have all these ideas and visions and that's why I have to have the say in a way. And I had to really also that work on myself to understand that this is not the way, you know. And funnily, when uh, one of the things that actually helped me understanding more of those mechanisms that I carry was mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that through mindfulness practice, something was shifting. I was more able to see those mechanisms. I was able to also change them in the moment when they happened. And I just, it just clicked on me. And I was, I wanted to know more about this. And I wanted to understand how this is related to uh, myself. And um, so I explored uh, a lot of, you know, mindfulness and yogic traditions and You know, I became really obsessive, which I am when I follow something. So I'm like, like reading 600 books in two years. And I was like doing one training after the other. And it's like pretty crazy while I still had my full-time job. But what I found was there's a connection to good leadership and doing those practices. There's a di direct connection. And um, when Search Inside Yourself was a pilot project that was uh, happening within Google. So there was this engineer called Chait Meng Tang, and he experimented with, well, he found out while he was practicing mindfulness that he, um, his ability to put himself into other people's shoes to empathize with others increased. So he basically went to Daniel Goleman, who is kind of the expert in emotional intelligence and asked him, is there a connection between mindfulness practice and emotional intelligence? And Daniel Goleman said, yes, actually there is. Through mindfulness practices, you train those areas in your brain that are responsible for emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And that was a big aha moment for him. So he put together with some experts, uh, and one of them was Daniel Goleman, with some experts, a program that's called Search Inside Yourself, to train mindfulness-based emotional intelligence. And when I heard of it the first time, I was like blown away because everything that was part of this program was exactly my journey in the last 10 years up till then, that point back then. And I was like, this is exactly what I've been experiencing through those practices, but I had no language for it. I couldn't, I, I was just like, I'm feeling better or I feel like I'm a better leader, but I couldn't, I couldn't define what it really means in business language. And so people were like, oh, okay, she meditates and does yoga. So she's a bit hippie, but I couldn't really translate it to my colleagues and what it means to them and why it's important for all of us to do it. And this course gave me the language. And also it was just amazing to see how uh, through understanding mindfulness-based emotional intelligence, people um, could access their, themselves, their own journey better, but also relate to others better. And through that compassion and empathy and a, a different collaboration style, different mindful conversations, 
people started seeing the power of it um, and in these interactions and how much it actually contributes to their whole workforce and everything they do with others and themselves. So yeah, it increased compassion, it increased focus and stress, it decreased stress, all that stuff. But for me, the power in it was uh, almost like a wake up for people to see what am I doing here in this world and with my life and, and how to exploring it again, I understand what I want to actually contribute, what I want to create in my life. So really going into the self-leadership where I lead my life according to what I want to create. And I understand again that this is my own choice, right? Going back into this bigger part, which is freedom of choice, which I think sometimes when we're in these kind of systems, we lose that freedom of choice. We think we have to apply um, to a certain rule set because everyone else is doing it or the circumstances are the way they are. That's why, hence, I can't do anything. I have to just keep going according to what's this. And that way we, we lose this capacity to see that we always have this freedom of choice in any kind of situation, how we react and what we create with that. Hmm. Yeah, that's um, that's amazing. Like uh, what you were saying, like these are things that we have a little intuition for. That I feel, especially in this uh, past years, like people, yeah, like through their own search, they're finding tools, but they, it's just hard to find one blueprint or a language that can help you then communicate not even just at home but all then even more complex in a working environment just because all these yes. things have been so kept outside the door right and mm -hmm. um so it's great to have um these tools that allow us to bring that into the space because it, it is all related and it is all connected and and it's time that we remove that fallacy that we're separate people in separate places right so so it's great to have that and i know that was uh, the beginning of the journey that you should just shared which is uh, amazing and like thousands of organizations and people and entrepreneurs <laughs> that you've mentored since I was curious to see like what what is where are we now like what what's happened what are what is this where is leadership going and now with this uh, new paradigm that we have um, upon us in a more tangible way than before what what does leadership mean um, and what, what, what should we expect from leaders and what should leaders expect from themselves and what's emerging? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the part of, of, uh, the journey was uh, when we launched connected business, you know, I, I, uh, I had this feeling of this emotional intelligence part is just one piece of the puzzle, but there's so much more, also so much more that needs to be done for organizations to make this bigger shift. And when I met Angel, who is my business partner first time, and he was in this co-creation field and an expert and doing is for many, many years, I, it really dawned on me that it's the combination of those two. You know, I think it dawned on both of us. We're like, he's like, I need this, what you just did. Mm -hmm. And I said, and I need what you are doing. You know, it was just, it clicked because we said, yeah, of course, it's this journey from self-leadership to co-leadership. We can't do one without the other. They are complementing each other, but also without having the self-leadership skill set, we can't do a co-leadership thing, right? Because mm -hmm. he has been doing this for years and he said, it's not working. Without people having this, those personal skill sets, they will create the same thing. Even if it looks like co-creation, it's not, right? Mm -hmm. And I saw um, 
that okay when we if we only stay on the individual level it becomes a very selfish thing where we never like really connect with others in this way that it needs in the end it's a societal thing and we're social beings and we need to uh, you know do things together in order to create something different so it's kind of like for us it was clear it needs to have both so we designed this um, journey from self-leadership to co-leadership and um, more and more now we see um, what, what our task is becoming is really to, to empower leaders of the new paradigm, which is the, this, these are the people who don't have to necessarily be in a leadership position. It's more like do, leadership in the sense of influencing others, going into leadership with something, um, contributing to creating this new paradigm that as you said it already, um, is forming more and it's it's more and more visible. But for many, it's still like, a, uh, well, basically for all of us, it's still more unknown than known, right? But we know it's possible and we can see the, the nuances of it. Well, obviously in the business world, um, it's all about, you know, agile transformation, la la la, but what does it mean in action? Um, and so what we see is in action, it means that we, uh, first of all, own our own stuff that we take responsibility for our own part of the journey, that we develop those skill sets like emotional intelligence, mindfulness-based emotional intelligence, like resilience, like these capacities to understand our own conditioning. That is the first part we need to do. So really taking responsibility to in order to even create something new. So it creates a different foundation for us personally. And then in, in the co-leadership, we need to learn deeply what it means uh, to be of service. Yeah, what it means to not just follow our own wish and what we want, but to be of service for something higher. And that is for me right now, one of the things is this new paradigm. So, so working towards this new paradigm. Um, but also it's for the next generations to come. It's for our nature. It's for having a planet that is sustainable and that will keep going and growing uh, after us. So it's also, it's beyond our own lifetime. It's beyond our own uh, let's say beyond of what we need and what is, is good for us, right? It, it's, it, it puts itself in a service for something we might not even understand, uh, but what we want to create, right? And we want, we might not even live in this new paradigm in our own generation, although I hope that we will, but even if we don't, maybe it's the next generation that will, you know, and that's also good. It's fine, you know? Um, to start something that that serves something beyond us, yeah. And then obviously, you know, the paradigm is like different relationships, interdependent relationships that don't work with power uh, or guilt, but work with a mutual understanding and respect for each other's boundaries, uh, with a different way of encountering each other, with a different way of relating that. Um, doesn't need a victim and an arbitrator or doesn't need, uh, you know, some gooey stuff that is underneath. And I mean, this is a difficult journey. You know, I'm saying this so very easily, but being on this journey myself, I know how difficult it is, how challenging it is and how much we, because of that need community to actually go there, you know, because we're all struggling to get there because we have no role models. We don't know how to do it. We don't even know how it really looks. And yeah, so for me as leaders of the new paradigm, 
is a way of also together doing this. It's a, it's a community thing. It's also part of the new paradigm that we're doing it in co-creation. We're doing it together. I mean, I'm not so much the expert in co-creation. It's really Angel. And he has he spoke about these topics, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago when no one even you know wanted to hear about these things. But this is it's still the same thing. It's needed and we have to do it. And and for the ones who want to go into leadership right now, the ones who really want to do it, um, the guardians or I don't know, the warriors of this new paradigm that really want to go that path, they go through a huge transformation personally first. Without that, it's not, it's not happening. Uh, and it needs a lot of commitment. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, what I hear from what you're saying is really like some of the values from from this new paradigm leadership is really bravery, courage, um, vulnerability, but then also service and this kind of long term planning. And I think in rethinking and redesigning how, yeah, what leadership means is just we need to do it so differently. Right. Um, we think in short term and a company still thinking quarterly earnings, which is like every three months. <laughs> it's like, yes. Um, and that's uh, so far from this um, world that uh, that you share with us about seven generations and mm-hmm. and where and and how we walk there and how we find a language for that is um, well part of the the mystery and uh, the challenge that we have upon us, but also what makes what makes it so fun and um, to be doing it together with, <laughs> with other people. <laughs> uh, this kind of co-creation of 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 words and. Um, so thank you for for all the work that you do because it's um yeah it's so needed especially within the spaces that that it's difficult to talk about and I think that's um, within companies uh, many times uh, it's hard to break the subjects in and to be the the first one to to say I see things a different way um, and um, and I wanted to ask you like in in this vision you know of a new paradigm that you're mentioning and I mean I I don't like to be too futuristic but I do sometimes like to travel there just to bring back some uh, doses of uh, inspiration what what are some things or some elements of a 2050 future that that uh, we can start connecting to now you think well so first of all um in the futuristic way of seeing this world we would do everything to protect the planet it would not just be a task or a project or something it would just be the way we would do everything Mm -hmm. Right? We wouldn't even doubt about that. That would be our first number one thing. If it doesn't serve the planet, if it destroys the planet, the environment or anything, we're not doing it for stop. Right? Mm-hmm. That should be the first <laughs> rule of business. And, and that also means if it doesn't serve the next generations, we are also not doing it. It's also a society where we honor our elders, where we honor the indigenous people, where we honor those um, parts of our world and people of our world who have been fighting for these things for generations and have been disrespected so much. And it's, it's a way of living with that in fullest respect. So this is like the framework. Without that, we don't even have to go. And it means <laughs> to also start generating a generation of elders again, not just in indigenous tribes, but everywhere. I mean, we are a generation of no elders. I mean, 
there's something happening and I'm, I don't know, it's a pain for me, but I'm seeing it everywhere. It's, it's, it's non-existent. So supporting, first of all, calling them in and demanding them to come into their role, but also respecting that an old person is not um, an old person that is not useful anymore, but changing that whole narrative and saying, yeah, but you still have a role and this role is important and we need you there. And uh, it's probably going to be us who are going to be the next elders <laughs> who need to grow into that, which means also stepping away. You know, it's my like, we have to step away from the light and be the ones who in the, are in the background and supporting the ones who are doing the work. This is such an important role that I feel like society, yeah, in the dream society, we will have that. <laughs> and then living in community, you know, having different relationships with each other, communicating, um, being vulnerable with the, each other and having these connections where we feel at home, like family, not just with the real family, but with everyone who we encounter with each other, you know? And of course we can't be intimately close to everyone. This is, well, but it could be possible that we at least encounter each other on the subtleties. So in that world, we understand those subtleties and we don't laugh about them or make them small or irrelevant, but we see that those subtleties in interactions with each other are the key to a healthy way of interacting with each other. Also means in that vision, the male and the female is balanced. You know, it means we have, no matter what gender anyone relates to, but that the qualities of male and female are balanced in ourselves. So there's a healthy interaction between men and women with between all genders, but also a healthy, um, integration because we have obviously have those qualities in us both of us and well, everyone has them in us and and how do we navigate them in a way that feels in balance it means that the children um live a life when they learn those things things like being connected with nature and that is that is our human nature from the beginning and they don't have to unlearn it and then relearn it again that we like just find different school systems that offer them those skill sets from the beginning, but also a way of just staying the child. You know, I feel like we, what we do a lot right now in the school system is we put people into like children and say, okay, you need to sit down eight hours now, sit still. And every, every child that moves around and is like this, you know, is, has HDHD and we give them pills to, so they can sit straight. I mean, it's like, it's ridiculous, you know? I mean, there's so many areas where I feel like, like in all generations, in all areas, just, it's, it's just a different way that we really had the power to rethink all of it transportation, environment, tourism, agriculture, like all the areas in, in our society, also the divide and uh, injustice between different countries. You know, there's like some countries who are rich and others don't have food on the table for the children. In my, in my new paradigm, that's also changing. That's when we take care of each other and not taking the advantage of economy to live our privileged life while others who we definitely profit from don't get anything. So it's also a deeper understanding that 
if one country suffers, the whole world suffers. And that's not how we should build everything. Not, you know, keep building on top of that, but breaking. We have broken the ice in this time to really change this narrative and our responsibility towards each other. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. I want to vote for you now or <laughs> exactly vote for me now. Oh, I would be such a bad politician, by the way. I'm, yeah, but I'm, I'm in, the, in the definition of queer politicians, that maybe we redesigned and redefined what a politician is, maybe it would be a great one, right? <laughs> uh, no. I would never go into political work. I don't think so. <laughs> But I would always, you know, uh, try to find a voice to to say what what uh, we need to do. And I also, of course, I mean, I know I'm talking and it sounds easy and I can judge everything. You know, I know that there is also a history behind it and I respect that. And the way our society has developed has a reason and it's historical uh, divisive things that needed to happen. So I don't want to, you know, say it's all wrong or people are all bad. It's just time to move on. <laughs> That's all. And there's no back to normal and there's no back to same old. It's really the call to say, okay, let's use this disruption, destruction and time that is difficult to go forward differently. Because that's a good thing about this distraction right now is it helps us so much easier to find new ways because when something is destroyed, we can build a new house, right? We don't have to build it on top of the ruins of another. That's the chance right now we have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, and I was, um, and I was uh, reflecting while you were speaking um, because we were saying there's uh, no role models, but then we do have, um, you know, the way indigenous communities were working before that ancient wisdom uh, that is that is there and and that was living. Um, I mean, we've lost a lot of it, I feel, um, but there's still some elements of it that we can still have. There's some voices. There's some elders uh, within those. Spaces. That are really uh, open to share, and I, I love that that part of bringing the elders because I think really also in this uh, way of living in cities, we we've separated you know anyone that's not a useful resource, and and we forget about all the wisdom and all that celebration, mm -hmm. and and then of course now the learning how to be an elder that just uh, <laughs> <laughs> just made me feel old right now, but it's, <laughs> but yeah. it's true. It's also like how can we Um, how can that, like all these uh, elements that are not taught, I think, apart from emotional intelligence, but all these passages you know, through life, uh, even into adulthood and the responsibility of that. And then from adulthood to, to elder, um, they're all so crucial. And I think uh, it's important to bring them back to, to the conversations. Even, I mean, uh, going back from, from the big picture to, to the... Um, So let's say like what happens within organizations, but even then, right? So much knowledge, so much experience, so much um, of the culture. You know, everyone's trying to like build the company yeah. culture. And in the end, the culture is the people and the history and the growth. And, you know, people walk in and out and, and then they're like, oh, we have no company culture. But that's because you haven't valued um, or yeah. you haven't taken into account or we forget some of the things that, that have happened here. And there's no sharing about them and no celebrating them, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. 
absolutely what you're saying is it makes so much sense you know just like forgetting the history and also like even you know when i see someone who is in their 50s and he you know has been a leader for a long time and he's like in the seniority that's when the elderhood starts to happen as well in companies which means if i'm there stopping to compete with the leaders that come and starting to take my position as an elder leader who is of service for the growth of others instead of thinking I need to keep, still compete with the younger leaders that come after me. So mm -hmm. it also relaxes me as a leader and I'm seeing the role of being of service rather than trying to uh, almost like be meaning, stay meaningful until the very end, which is also anyways a fight that we can't win because what does it even mean to be meaningful, right? Um, but if we find meaning in being of service, that's when we can switch into the role of an elder and be okay with others growing beyond us getting better than us, achieving something we never could because that's, you know, how evolution works. And if we, you know, if we contribute in our own way of being the elder leader, we can actually make an impact in their lives, in our own lives, because when we see the meaning in someone else, this is actually so much more fulfilling than reaching yet another goal. It can also change the whole culture of, of a company. Totally, totally. Yeah, I love, I love that, that what you're sharing, right? And it's like, you have to be meaningful and then you retire. <laughs> and then yes. if you're not meaningful, we retire you early. Is this such exactly. a crazy concept? And, and then and we so lose many companies, all that. Yes, and so many companies actually struggle with that. They have this divide between those two generations and the old ones, they're like, oh, they don't want to move. They don't want to go into innovation. And then they have the young ones that want, and the young one says, okay, the old ones are kind of, uh, you know, not helping us doing it. They actually, you know, make, create all those building blocks. Yeah, why? Because they don't have the role that they should have, right? If I'm an elder within a company, I don't have to make the innovation anymore. That's not the role of an elder. The role of an elder is to share the wisdom that they have uh, created in the years before. And the role of the younger is to shoot and to do the innovation. And, and that way it becomes a healthy integration between those two generations within a company rather than a fight, which it is now. And it makes sense because systemically we haven't cleaned that up, you know, but also made that clearer. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's why for me also it's like getting older always has to do with associated with being less useful, being not relevant anymore. But what if this is the cycle of life, right? And then getting older means I can finally go of being the creator in the outside and become the person who holds space for the creators, mm -hmm. right? And then it's okay that I let go of it. And then at one point I go even more internally and I'm not, being part of it anymore but I'm more like in my own journey of letting go towards death which is a beautiful journey right yeah, <laughs> yeah. if I look at it like this I'm like looking forward to the whole journey right it's not like oh yeah exactly I'm gonna be old irrelevant and dead <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely um yeah so i mean i uh, wanted to ask you um you know if someone who's listening right now you know like all this beautiful and and visionary and all these big picture items you know and then i 
some people are, might be listening to this being like, well, my reality looks very different, very far from it, you know? Um, but I connect, I want to make a change, a shift. What are, what are some things that you would recommend for someone, you know, who is in this kind of organization and perhaps um, surrounded by, by this kind of older paradigm mentality to be able to take some steps forward for themselves? Yeah, so the first tip is look at yourself and your own journey first. You always have the freedom of choice, and that starts with our own journey. It starts with understanding who do I want to be, what kind of person. And many people think they have to quit their jobs to live the way they want to live, but actually being in such an organization and following the way we want to live our values and creating a different way inspires others around us. We go automatically in leadership when we, instead of pointing the fingers of others, really walk the path and show a different way. And it usually, like my experience is, it always inspires people to, to, the, to the same and then find your allies who want to walk this too and walk together. And to that, it creates a ripple effect and then more and more people will do it. Maybe you don't convince everyone, but it doesn't matter. If it's enough people, there will be a shift. Um, but also, even if there is no shift, you will feel better about yourself and your own journey. And you will look into the mirror and you will see your own integrity and you'll be happy and see the meaning in, in staying true to yourself and contributing something different to other people's life. Um, which is worth doing it for even that. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I'm here. I can talk to you for, for so many hours, I'm sure. Um, and I know that probably like if this was a live audience, there'll be a million questions, but luckily for the world, you have also published a book. So um, we'll make sure to post uh, the book. And I also know you have an online course uh, within Connected Business and uh, that you and Angela are offering workshops and um, journeys that, that you take within organizations and also uh, with leaders. So I'll make sure to post all that uh, for people who want to follow your work and get closer to, to everything you're doing. And thank you again for your time and generosity in sharing and bringing us into the vision uh, world. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. So thank you for joining us. And I hope I get to hug you soon in person. Mm -hmm. I hope so too. <laughs> thank you for joining us in this episode of Redesign Travel and Life with Munira. I hope you got inspired by how we could do leadership and really helps you rethink what your strategy for this new year is going to be. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe for more of this content and looking forward to a fun 2022 with you.